Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Church London. You're listening to a message given on a Sunday morning. If you'd like to know more about us and the life of the church, please visit trinitychurchlondon.com. Put your hands up if you like Christmas. Okay, put two hands up if you love Christmas. Okay, stand up if you hate... No, I won't, I won't go. Um, I'm probably kind of in the middle, personally. Um, I'm pretty positive about Christmas. Um, however, one thing I do really love is celebrating Christmas in church. Um, why do I love that? Well, because at Christmas time, we remember and celebrate one of the most astonishing and wonderful events in world history. And this morning, just for a few minutes, we're going to look at what happened and begin to grasp, I hope, why it was so amazing. We're going to look at three things. The first of them is this. What was so special about Jesus? Uh, the UN estimates that uh, 385,000 babies are born every day. And uh, although it's always a special occasion for those involved, no other baby has been remembered and celebrated like Jesus. Why is this? Well, when you read the eyewitness accounts in the New Testament, some very unusual events uh, took place around the time of Jesus' birth. And these shed light on who he is and what he came to do. In a small town, obscure town, kind of in the middle of nowhere, called Nazareth, an angel appeared to a peasant girl named Mary. Angels are supernatural, powerful messengers from heaven. And this angel called Gabriel had a message for Mary. And he speaks in Luke 1 verse 32 and he says this about Mary's child. He said, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. A couple of verses later, in verse 35, it says, speaking to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So just in a few verses, we learn something about Mary's child. He will be the son of the Most High. In other words, he will be the very Son of God. He will be a king, not just a, a temporal king, not just a king reigning over Israel, but he will be a king who reigns forever and ever. He will be someone who has a human mother and yet a heavenly father. We talk about the virgin birth, an incredible miracle. Now moving on, nine months later, when the child was about to be born, a whole crowd of angels appeared to a bunch of random shepherds outside the town of Bethlehem. 
And the angel said this to the shepherds in Luke 2 verse 10, don't be afraid. I bring you news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. Christ is the Greek word uh, uh, Messiah, uh, a person promised in the Old Testament um, who would be empowered by God to come and rescue humanity from sin and to usher in God's kingdom. This child would be Christ the Lord. Not a Lord, Christ the Lord. And if you know anything about the Old Testament and Greek, they translated the Old Testament into Greek and they used the word kurios. And here it is again, Christ the Lord. He will be a saviour. In other words, a rescuer. Someone who rescues people. Now, I don't know about you, but nobody ever said these things about our children when they were born. <laughs> I mean, I love our kids. They're amazing. But, but nobody came and said these things over our child. These are pretty remarkable things, aren't they? And later, as the Holy Spirit fully revealed Jesus' identity. The apostles and the early church expressed it more fully. And Paul in Colossians 2 verse 9 says this, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. In other words, all the fullness of God lives in this one human being. So the astonishing and wonderful truth that we celebrate at Christmas is that God became human. He took on human flesh. And theologians call this the, the incarnation. And we celebrate the truth of this in our carols. I'm so glad in our prayer meeting today, somebody mentioned about, I think it was Matt, mentioned about how the, the, the carols are so good. I love carols. Listen to the truth in this song. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. I'm full of glorious theology and truth. And this song, Mary, Did You Know? I, I, I was just looking at some of these songs again yesterday. Wow, the words of these songs. Listen to this. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, Mary did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb and the sleeping child you're holding is the great I am I mean, when you when you begin to sing these songs and meditate on the word something of the truth is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit and you're like whoa this is true this is what God has done for us in Christ God himself became human and came down to us. Secondly, I want to consider this question. Why 
did he come? Well, about eight days after Jesus' birth, the custom was to present your child in the temple. And a godly man came up to um, uh, Mary and Joseph, a man called Simeon, and he saw baby Jesus at eight days old and again said something remarkable. In Luke 2, verse 29, he said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now can dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. I love these words. It says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. He's talking about a tiny eight-day-old baby. My eyes have seen your salvation. Salvation essentially means rescue, a rescue plan. And the name Jesus actually means the Lord saves, the Lord rescues. What's this rescue going to look like? What kind of rescue can an eight-day-old baby do for the human race? Well, many thought that the Messiah, this promised one, would rescue Israel from their physical human enemies. At the time, these were the Romans. But it became clear later on in Jesus' life that his primary aim was to save not just Israel, but the entire world, the entire human race from much bigger foes than the Romans. Jesus came to rescue us from sin, from sickness and from death, all of which came about because humanity turned away from God. Jesus' arrival, and this is what we celebrate and what's great joy at Christmas, Jesus' arrival heralded a new era of God's blessing and favour on humanity. And again, you can tell I like carols. I can't help but quote some of these carols. Listen to this. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious dawn. You see, this is the truth of the incarnation, okay? Yonder breaks a new and glorious dawn. And again, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters. Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Jesus came as a tiny baby, God in the flesh, to rescue humanity from our sin, from our brokenness, from our sickness, and our separation from God. But there was one more nagging question in my mind as I prepared just this short message today. Why did he come as a baby? I mean, he, he could have come, couldn't he? Why did he come in such obscurity? Why did he come 
as a baby? Why did he have to be born? Why, why could he not just be sort of come down from heaven on this cloud? It would have been surely so much simpler for him. Well, I don't have time to go into this. I'm only just scratching the surface. There's so much to say, but the book of Hebrews helps us here. Let me read just a couple of verses from Hebrews. Hebrews 2, verse 17. For this reason, he, talking about Jesus, had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. And Hebrews 4.15 For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin. God, in his Son, Jesus Christ, dwelt among us. He shared our environment. Not just being born, but being born in a low condition, in poverty. I just want to read you a quote from Donald MacLeod, a theologian, who puts it like this. He lived his incarnate life experiencing pain, poverty and temptation, witnessing squalor and brutality, hearing obscenities and profanities and the hopeless cry of the oppressed. He lived not in sublime detachment or in ascetic isolation, but with us as the fellow man of all men, crowded, busy, harassed, stressed, molested. No large estate gave him space. No financial capital guaranteed his daily bread. No personal staff protected him from interruptions and no power or influence protected him from injustice. He saved us from alongside us. I love that statement. God came down, he lived among us, he saved us from alongside us. And let me just quote one more person, writer Grigi Komalin puts it this way, being 100% human included going through the humiliating experience of being born, being helpless and fully dependent on his parents. With the one who spoke the universe into being, being helpless and fully dependent on his parents. Jesus could not have humbled himself more deeply. His earthly life included growing up, learning obedience and going through the difficulties of puberty. By being born as a baby and growing up in an ordinary human family, Jesus was like us in every respect. He knows what it's like to be a child, to be an adolescent and to be an adult. He took the full human journey. Therefore, he can sympathise with us as we go through the same challenges 
and temptations. I don't know about you, but gosh, as I started to look into the truth of what God has done for us at Christmas, my heart was lifted as I suddenly realised, whoa, this is so much more than Santa Claus. This is so much more than mulled wine around a Christmas tree. This is an earth-shattering, life-changing truth that should thrill our hearts. And my prayer is this morning that God, by his spirit, will light our hearts with joy in this season. Because, boy, do we have something to celebrate. Amen? Amen. So what difference should this truth of the incarnation make to us at Christmas time? Well, firstly this. If you don't know Jesus, you can know him. Maybe you come today, maybe you're a visitor, maybe you're a friend of someone who belongs to the church and you've come. Today, you can meet this wonderful Lord Jesus and you can have his presence in your life by the Holy Spirit and you can know this new joy and this new hope moving into 2024. If you already know Jesus, perhaps you've walked with him for a long time, let me urge you, let me encourage you, seek him, seek him, don't forget the real reason for Christmas among the mulled wine and the chestnuts roasting on the open fire. Don't forget him amongst the Christmas crackers and the corny jokes that come out. Don't forget him as you feast on your roast turkey for day after day. Ponder the truth of the incarnation. Pray, marvel, Worship. Use the carols. For goodness sake, don't just diss them. The carols are full of glorious theology and truth about who God is and what he's done for us in Christ. Sing the carols with gusto. Yeah, rejoice as you sing them. Celebrate, meditate on the lyrics. Let the truth of what God has done burn in your heart this Christmas time. God himself came to us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. 